Welcome to TKG's Healthcare Insights, where we explore healthcare's critical issues, challenges, and trends with a focus on achieving the quadruple aim of enhancing patient experience, improving population health, reducing costs, and improving the work life of healthcare providers and staff. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome. We're glad to have you listening today. I'm Warren Smedley with the Kinetics Group, and today we will be taking a look at how challenging it is to keep up with the explosive growth of genetic and genomic testing. Innovations in medical technology and drug therapies, along with all human knowledge, are increasing at an extraordinary rate. What is possible today was hardly even conceivable 50 years ago. In his book, Critical Path, Buckminster Fuller identified that knowledge was doubling at an accelerating rate and coined the phrase, the doubling curve of knowledge. Just try Googling that, it'll pop right up. In 1982, in collaboration with IBM, Fuller predicted that by 2020, that's about 40 years later, the doubling of knowledge would be happening every 12 to 14 hours. And that's fueled largely by the internet of things. Different types of knowledge have different rates of growth, but presently, Korish and colleagues have reported that medical knowledge is estimated to be doubling at approximately every 72 or 73 days. In healthcare, we're struggling to stay current with every new piece of information. Today's guest is Danielle Bonadies, a master's trained genetic counselor and the director of genetics for MyGene Council. They're a digital health company serving patients and providers by bridging the gap between genetic testing and precision medicine. They address the lack of accurate and timely genetic counseling information for patients and providers. Previously, Danielle served as the assistant director of the Cancer Genetic Counseling Program at the Yale School of Medicine and practiced as a clinical genetic counselor for over a decade. Welcome, Danielle. Glad to have you with us today. Thank you. Hi, Warren. It's such a pleasure to be here with you today. Thanks for having me. Now, Danielle, I was really fascinated by the poster presentation that you co-authored for the annual conference of the National Society of Genetic Counselors back in September. In that presentation, you shared some really startling information about the explosive growth of genetic and genomic testing and how patients and providers may be struggling to keep up with all the new information. Really grateful that you've offered to share the highlights from that study with us today. How about if we start with just kind of getting a picture of your clinical background and your role at MyGene Council. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, Warren, I'm a master's trained genetic counselor, and I spent my early career in a clinical cancer genetics program at the Yale School of Medicine. So there I saw patients who had a personal or family history of cancer, and we helped coordinate the best possible genetic testing for them and then help guide those individuals through what those test results meant for themselves, but also for their family members. So in that role, there was a few experiences that I and my colleague had together that really led us to develop our own company. So I wanted to tell you about those things. So first, as you know, the field of genetics is just so fascinating because it's changing all the time. And so A few years ago, we saw that the patents around the BRCA genes fell, and so that really opened up the testing process. We were used to test one or two genes, and all of a sudden, overnight, we were doing six and eight genes. 
And then Angelina Jolie disclosed that she carried a BRCA mutation that was related to a risk for um, hereditary breast and ovarian and other cancers. So we really saw this explosion in testing. And so as more and more patients were having testing, many of them were doing it outside of traditional genetic settings. And so while that had a lot of benefits in terms of access and getting people more testing, we also saw that several patients were being harmed. And we saw enough of those patients that we did a call for cases around the country. And now we've published a series of papers citing the high rate of misinterpretation of genetic test results, particularly when genetic testing is done by a non-genetics provider. Wow. So keep in mind that these are like really well-meaning clinicians, right? They're trying to get their patients tested, trying to give them more information. But it's hard because those clinicians often don't have training within the genetics field, or it's very limited. So we saw these errors that were happening that were really life-threatening. So people who were having removal of their breasts or their ovaries, colon surgeries that maybe they didn't need. And then quite the opposite, actually, we saw people who were told that they didn't have any genetic finding, who then went on to develop a really late stage cancer, Mm. only to find out that they actually did have a mutation. And this all could have been prevented. So we're seeing these errors. And then I was also doing research that was looking at the information needs of people who had hereditary predispositions, how they made decisions, what their information needs were. And so it was really from these experiences that we developed MyGeneCouncil and our product, which is called the Living Lab Report. So it's a digital genetic counseling product to provide information for patients and also their clinicians when they get their test results, but then also to keep them informed over time. So those were our two kind of primary things that were happening in our own clinical practice that we saw the need that a product like this could solve. So who is your typical customer then? Is it the patient getting this information or is it the provider? You mentioned providers making mistakes. That's scary right there. Yeah, it's scary all around. Well, we put the information in the hands of the patients and the clinicians, but really our customers at MyGeneCouncil are the health systems. So they're the academic medical centers who are providing this service for their population or they're an insurance company who wants to provide this for their users or a foundation or a research study. So we're working with um, large groups that are providing this resource for their community. Okay. Now, back to this poster presentation that you gave, I was fascinated by the results there. We'll talk about that. I'll ask you to explain some of that. But what inspired you to do that particular study? Yeah. So as I mentioned, you know, the field of genetics, there's always lots happening. But when I first started in genetics, we would literally pick one or maybe two genes to offer testing to patients. And part of that was the cost. Part of that was the complexity of the testing. But really with the changes in technology, we're now offering these large panels to patients. You know, 30 genes is kind of considered on the smaller side, and it goes all the way up to 80 and hundreds and thousands sometimes. But from the patient point of view, you know, you can have the best genetic testing and with the greatest technology, but if your results aren't interpreted correctly, 
and you're not provided information as you go through your healthcare journey, then those test results are virtually useless, right? So if you had a genetic test, let's say 10 years ago, and you were found to carry a genetic condition, you've likely lived through dozens of updates to medical management, but who tells you about them? You know, do you go back to your genetics provider? We always asked our patients to, but so few of them ever did. Do you rely on your primary care physician? That's probably a stretch. They already have a lot on their plate. And so when we developed My Gene Council, it was that point of care information that we wanted to provide to patients who were getting their test results. But then within the platform, we also created a way to track collate and then deliver those updates to patients mm. when things like disease risk changes or their medical management changed. Okay. And so we're really putting that information into the hands of patients so that they can make the best and informed medical decisions for themselves. So you, how long have you been accumulating this data? Yeah, so our platform launched in 2019 and so the study that we did was looking back at our data from uh, 2020 and the notifications that were delivered to patients. Okay. So tell me what a notification is. I read that in your paper, but for our listeners, could you describe what a notification is and kind of what, if you could describe your study? Let me back up just a little bit. So one of the things that we looked at were a subset of genes. So we looked at 59 genes that the American College of Medical Genetics suggests that if researchers find them, that they tell the patient about them because that information might impact their health care. So we use that list just as a proxy. I mean, we return information for many more than 59 genes, but again, this was just a way to kind of hone in on it. So as I said, our platform uses a combination of technology, but we also work with a lot of genetics experts. And so we're constantly combing the literature to look for updates, and then we update those digital reports. So you can imagine some of them, the updates that we make are a new resource, or they're just a clarification to our language. And some of them don't really prompt a notification to a patient. But let's say the NCCN, the National Comprehensive Cancer Network, updates their management guidelines for how someone with a particular hereditary condition should be followed. So they change the screening. Well, those are things that patients really need to know about, and they need to know about them now, not at their next follow-up appointment. And so we would send out an email or a text to that patient and also to their clinicians. Okay. Now a lot of your work has been on hereditary cancers, but there's also the genomic uh, studies as well. So you've got you get genetic and genomic. Can you do you? I assume you do both. That you report on both when you get these reports back. But can you kind of differentiate for our listeners? Sure. So the field of genetics and genomics really encompasses a lot of different types of genetic test results. And so when we think about genetics that have been inherited, that is the main work that we've done so far. And that was the work that I did in my clinical practice. So things that would be passed on from either parent to children, and those would be increasing their risks for things like cancers or maybe heart conditions over their lifetime. 
There's also a big area in genomics that's looking at um, individuals who've been diagnosed with a cancer and looking at the genetics of the tumor cells. And we now have several targeted therapies that based on the genetics of the tumor, we can pick a therapy that may work best in that particular tumor. And so we also do work in that area as well. So would your notifications include a new biomarker or a new therapy for a biomarker that maybe didn't have a therapy with it before? I see a lot of new biomarkers in lung cancer, particularly, seem to be a lot coming out there, but others as well. Yes, absolutely. We can certainly return that information back to patients and their clinicians and also let them know about clinical trials that are available. What is the response from the clinicians, Ben, uh, to your these notifications, this information you provide? Are they resisting it? Are they rejecting it because it wasn't something that they found themselves or are they embracing it? Do they appreciate it? Yeah, so in many in many of our scenarios, it's the clinicians that are now ordering genetic testing. And so although I mentioned earlier that many errors may occur when genetics happens outside of a traditional genetics setting, I think that that is actually kind of outdated at this point because genetics impacts all areas of medicine. And so what we need to do is instead of you know, trying to funnel all of those patients through a genetics department, we need to give tools to clinicians and to all providers to be able to help manage those patients who have genetic findings, whether it be hereditary findings or genetic findings in their tumors. And so tools like MyGeneCouncil and others that are being developed can really provide that extra layer of information for those clinicians managing those patients. In the absence of this extra information that you provide, what would, what, how would you describe the status quo? Now, we hear all kinds of stories, anecdotal stories about physicians that can't interpret or choose not to interpret or don't know what to do. Maybe they didn't even order, order the test because they didn't know about it. What, do you, what is the status quo that can be overcome by something like, like your tool? Yeah, so I think we the status quo is that we ask a lot from our clinicians. So many of us see our clinicians once a year, and they already have a litany of things to do. So maybe they need to do a physical exam, they need to do various screenings, they need to kind of check in on our mental and physical well-being. And I think adding things on like not only just genetic testing, but then keeping up with the whole field of genetics is likely, you know, too much to put on their plate. It's kind of unreasonable to expect providers to take on this whole other specialty on top of their own. And so the old model of kind of referring everyone to the specialist I mentioned, I think is also out. It's those tools that we can provide to them But it's not tools that provide them information about all of genetics. It's not trying to make them experts in genetics. It's really giving them the information about their specific patient that they have in their practice and what to do with that patient. So our results are linked by the gene and the mutation to the patient and to their clinician. So when a clinician logs into their dashboard, they don't see 100 
genetic conditions, you know, they see the five that patients in their practice have. And then we deliver those updates on those specific five to them. So they're not inundated with information that they don't need, but really the specifics that will help provide the best care to their patient population. That could be a huge time saver. I know uh, as an administrator, I've watched how physicians avoid long conversations and a genetic discussion could be a long conversation with a lot of questions and take a lot of time, which physicians don't typically have a lot of spare time. And this could be a huge time saver to get right to the point and really get to the important information without having to get lost in a lot of of unnecessary discussion. I think so. How do you see this impacting the patient? How does it come back to the patient? So the way I think about this question in terms of how our product could impact patients is that we really need to switch the model in terms of our interactions in healthcare. And what I mean by this is particularly in genetics, we have a ton of opportunities for prevention. But patients and providers don't always know about those opportunities. Warren, you and I talked about some of the data related to academic medical centers always being ahead of some of the community groups in terms of knowledge and access to certain medications. Um, I think that that's certainly true. When I was in clinical practice, we'd always ask our patients to check in every year to see if there were new guidelines, if we'd learn anything new about their variant, learn about changes in their family history. And, you know, I still remember the patients that did that, but that's because there were so few of them. And let's face it, I mean, really, if all of those patients followed through on that, no provider could keep up. Right. So instead of patient asking patients to check in with us every year, our tool takes that information and delivers it right to the patient. So if there's a new therapy that's been developed, we can send that update out to patients within a matter of minutes. And so instead of it being kind of the doctor-focused medical system that we've had for so many years, let's flip this on its head. Let's put the information and the data into the hands of the people that care most about their health and about their condition. And that's the patient. They want access to this information. They want to know what's coming down the pike. They want to be part of clinical trials. They want those new medications that are approved because it will help themselves. And in the case of these hereditary conditions, it will help their entire family. Okay. This is where we will press the pause button and end part one of our interview with Danielle Bonides. In the next episode, we will continue our discussion where Danielle will share ideas about how to leverage genetic testing for clinical trial recruitment, as well as being able to quickly identify patients who might benefit from a new therapy. Special thanks to Danielle for sharing her time and expertise with us today. My Gene Council is a digital health company serving patients and providers by bridging the gap between genetic testing and precision medicine by addressing the lack of accurate and timely genetic counseling information for patients and providers. You can connect with Danielle at mygenecouncil.com. Well, this wraps up another week of TKG's Healthcare Insights. Thank you for joining us. Please note that the views and opinions expressed by the guests on these podcasts are those of the guests and do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of the Kinetics Group and our staff, clients, or customers. 
We welcome your suggestions, ideas, and requests for podcast topics of interest. Please email us at oncology at thekineticsgroup.com and write Insights Podcast in the subject line. Thank you. Have a safe and healthy day. You have been listening to TKG's Healthcare Insights, a program produced by the TKG Oncology team of the Kinetics Group. TKG Oncology empowers life science companies to effectively engage with health system and payer customers by developing strategies and real-world solutions aimed at impacting the right patient at the right time with the right care. We also work directly with health systems and payers to address the critical issues of our time. We would love to hear from you. Reach out to us at tkgoncology.com. Thank you for joining us today.